Lord God, we need you this morning. Lord, like, like the sheep need a shepherd, we need you. We desperately need you. So God, as we open up your word, as we dive into your scriptures, Lord, draw us closer to you. Be with us in this time. Open up our hearts. Open up our minds to hear what it is you have to say. Be our shepherd this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Well, go ahead and grab a seat. Good morning to everybody. My name is Patrick. I'm one of the elders here. I know what you're thinking. Last week, Brian preached. This week, I'm preaching. What is the deal with that? What is Jeremy doing exactly? Well, I'll tell you, this, this was an intentional time. Uh, an intentional time where we, uh, we gave Jeremy some time away from, from message prep uh, to actually prep for a whole series that we're really excited about starting next week. And it's a series through the Gospel of Mark. And trust me, he has not been uh, sitting, his home, sitting at home twiddling his thumbs. Uh, not only has he been prepping for that series, but he's been prepping for so much more uh, looking at, at the, the future of Harvest Point and, and where we might be going. So I'm excited uh, for what this time uh, has allowed him to do. And I appreciate uh, you allowing Brian and I to get up here uh, and serve you in this way. So what I'd love for you to do is to open up your Bibles with me this morning to Psalm 23. So we're going to continue in the Psalms this week. Psalm 23. And to say that this Psalm is a popular one, it would be an understatement. Not only is it well known and loved by many churchgoers, uh, it's been made popular in culture as well. It has been quoted, so to speak, in songs by Coolio, Puff Daddy, and Notorious B.I.G. You got to say that like that, by the way. Kanye West, Alice in Chains, Pink Floyd, and The Grateful Dead. Those are actually all artists from Jeremy's playlist that he listens to throughout the week. I wasn't sure if you guys knew that. Uh, it can also be found in the movies Pale Rider, Full Metal Jacket, The Book of Eli, and Titanic, to name a few. Just this last weekend, my wife and I were at a Christian music festival, King's Fest, and I must have heard it quoted at least three times there alone. The psalm is often recited at funerals. I myself have read this psalm uh, at, a, at, a grave, at the graveside of, of a funeral that I pastored. Much of what we see referenced in culture from this psalm is focused on verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, focusing on death. In Titanic, it's being recited by a priest as the ship is sinking. If you remember that scene there. You realize that that movie was in 1997? That is 20 years ago. Time is flying. In Pale Rider, it's prayed by a young girl whose dog had just died. Now you know some death is about to happen after this scene right here. And I'm pretty sure Coolio just thought it was a cool intro to his song, Gangsta's Paradise, which also uses the beginning of verse 4 to describe the gangsta life. That's Coolio there, if, uh, if you did not know. What is unfortunate beyond that hairstyle, uh, is that these references fail to paint the full picture of Psalm 23. 
if left unexplained in the setting of a funeral, it can also fail to capture what David was truly saying. This is a psalm of trust and confidence in God. The focus is not on death. This is a psalm, uh, this is David rejoicing through psalm in who God is. It's David recognizing what God has done for him. It's David providing for us a beautiful picture of God as our shepherd and host. So let's read, starting in verse 1 of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, again, we just ask that you would be with us this morning, Lord. Help us to, to see you as our shepherd. Be the shepherd in our lives. Help us to recognize how you're, you're doing that, how you're providing for us. I pray for everyone in here this morning, Lord God. Lord, be with us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I think it's helpful to know when reading a psalm, who was the writer and, and what was going on when it was written. And as I mentioned earlier, like Psalm 30, that Brian did an excellent job of preaching last week, this too is a psalm of David. David is a well-known Bible hero. This is the same David that slayed Goliath with a sling and a stone, that was the anointed king of Israel after Saul, was the father of Solomon, that was known as a man after God's own heart, and whose line would eventually lead to Jesus Christ. Much of David's life is recorded in the books of First and Second Samuel. It's been proposed that this psalm was likely written by David after the, his son Absalom's rebellion, where David's firstborn son Amnon was killed by his third son Absalom after Amnon raped Absalom's sister Tamar, also David's daughter. Absalom then created a conspiracy against David and rose up against him, causing David to flee Jerusalem. And you thought your family had drama. Even if this psalm was not written in direct reaction to this incident, it was likely written later in David's life. After the many trials he had with Saul, after the death of his best friend Jonathan, after his sin with Bathsheba and the resulting consequences from that, David had many opportunities in his life to doubt the goodness of God. But what did he do instead? He believed God. He was confident in his plan, and this psalm is an expression of that. So like we did last week with Psalm 30, I, I want to look at two themes that are expressed in this psalm. Each psalm is a, is a cry of worship from the heart of its writer. So what was David conveying through Psalm 23? First, 
It's that God is our shepherd. Read with me again verses 1 through 4. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How comforting is this statement? The first verse of the psalm pretty much gives you the theme. The Lord is my shepherd. What more do I need? What can I possibly want? What can satisfy me more than that? David was familiar with this role as he started his life as a shepherd tending sheep and then as as a shepherd king over the nation of Israel. He understood that the sheep needed a shepherd. Sheep are not smart animals. They do not just take care of themselves. They require meticulous attention and guidance. So look what David does. He puts himself in the place of the sheep. He recognized his desperate need for a shepherd. Do you recognize your desperate need for a shepherd? Or are you trying to shepherd yourself this morning? Verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Notice how God is providing for David's physical needs here. Which means what? It means God as our shepherd provides for us. See, to maintain the physical health of his flock, the shepherd would need to lead the sheep to areas to graze and to still waters to drink. David is recognizing God here for this provision. Do you do that? Do you recognize God for his provision? Do you take the time to recognize that not only is God your shepherd, but that he is your source of provision in everything? If you're like me, it's easy to complain and act like uh, we have it hard at times, but are you ever just thankful for something as simple as clean water? That you can shower more than once a week. Thank God for that. That most of us don't have to truly worry about whether we will eat today. In fact, it's not if we will eat, but, but how much. I mean, we're thinking about that burger from Five Guys right now. Yet there are those that have absolutely nothing. And their gratitude to God for His provision in their lives would put us to shame. Verse 3, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Not only does the shepherd provide for the physical needs of the sheep, but for their mental and spiritual needs as well. I love the beginning of verse 3, He restores my soul. He gives me rest. Oh, how I need this. Church, do you ever just long for rest? We long for it, yet it eludes so many of us. But there is rest for my soul that is only found in God. There is restoration in His Word. Not only that, but but He leads us in paths of righteousness. Why? For our glory? No. Church, don't miss this. This ties right back into Brian's message last week. We were made for His glory. He leads us down right right paths for His name. See, God did not choose David as king so that David's name would be glorified. When you choose to do what's right, when you share your faith with someone, when you win the battle over that particular sin that has plagued you, it's not for your glory. 
when we stand up here and preach, when the worship team leads us in worship, it's in no way, shape, or form about us. We were made for His glory. It's for His name's sake that He calls us to righteousness. Verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, here it is, that, that popular verse. This is where we focus on death, right? Not at all. David's not even specifically referencing death here. David was referencing an actual valley that the shepherd may have had to lead his sheep through. Another way to say it would be the valley of deep darkness. In this valley in the desert of Judah, there were often deep shadows, and these were places where bandits or animals could easily hide. These valleys were also prone to flash flooding. Therefore, a walk through the valley could lead to many perils. Death was certainly a possibility, but that's not the focus here. David says, even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I'm in these current circumstances, even though my life is a train wreck right now, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The shepherd's rod and staff were used for protection and discipline. And the sheep would, have, would be comforted by the shepherd having these items, knowing that if attacked, he could use the rod to beat off would-be attackers. And if the sheep began to wander, he could direct them back to him with his staff. David had walked through some valleys of dark shadows. He had faced many attackers. David had himself strayed at times from the right path. He says, God, I am comforted by your protection. I am comforted by your discipline. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Remember, this is a psalm of confidence. Think back for a moment to what David may have been going through. His own son rebelling against him after killing his brother. Yet he's able to turn to God and say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your protection and your discipline give me comfort. Is this the cry of our heart when we're in the valley of the shadow of death? Have you had a family member rebel against you? Have you walked through the valley of deep darkness? Not knowing what trauma is going to come at you next from out of the shadows. Some of you are in that valley right now. Can you honestly say, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The second theme that we see in Psalm 23 is that God is our host. Again, let's read verses 5 and 6. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. David goes on now to describe God as a host at a meal in which he is in attendance. We see this imagery of God going ahead and preparing a table, demonstrating hospitality, lavishing his loving kindness. David's enemies 
could have been near, but in the presence of God, he has no worries. The anointing of oil on the head would have been a way to honor and refresh a guest. And David recognizes that with God as his host, his cup overflows. Again, he has all that he needs. What shall he want? Verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David wraps up this psalm recognizing that as he trusts in God, goodness and mercy will follow him all the days of his life. Imagine that for a moment. I mean, do you feel like goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life? When we don't have confidence in the promises of God, it's difficult to feel that way. And I'm sure there were times when David may have felt like saying, God, surely drama and chaos are following me all the days of my life. But that's not what he says here. David has an eternal perspective. He's looking not at the moment, but he's choosing to remember God's end game. He says, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, he has forever access to God. The house of the Lord is wherever God is, and he recognizes that he has been granted that access forever, and he is worshiping him through psalm for this amazing act of mercy. This brings me to two points stemming from this psalm. This psalm hints at being messianic, meaning a psalm speaking about the future Messiah. But it is not certain. What is certain is that for God to be your shepherd, for you to truly know and understand this aspect of God's character, you must believe in the saving work of His Son, Jesus Christ. To have an eternal perspective that leads you to say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of my days, there must be faith in the one in which God extended His mercy to us through. For this psalm is a psalm of trust and confidence in what God has done. It reminds us of God's provision, His protection, His guidance, and fellowship, but it doesn't mention God's holiness. God's holiness that is offended by our sin. Such an offense that when compared to a holy God, the only thing that we are deserving of is death and judgment. But God made a way for us to have the same perspective that David does in Psalm 23. And that leads me to my first of two points, and I'm going to keep them simple. And that is that Jesus is our shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Like David, recognizing that he needed a shepherd to guide him, we must recognize our need for a Savior from sin. And that Savior is Jesus Christ, and he tells us that he is the good shepherd. He would demonstrate his love for us, and that he would eventually lay down his life for his sheep. He would say later in John that he knows his sheep, and they know him. Maybe as you sit here, you are recognizing that Jesus is your good shepherd. You want to know him more and you want to be led by him. He makes us lie down in green pastures. John 6, 
verse 51 says, Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. He leads us to still waters. John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He restores our souls. Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There it is. There's that rest that we long for. Jesus says, I will give you rest. Come to me. I know you're burdened. I know you're tired of trying to shepherd yourself. Let me be your good shepherd today. He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. John chapter 6, verses 38 through 40. Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of Him who sent me. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. Lastly, He leads us through the dark valley. John 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light in the dark valleys of our lives. He has conquered death. He says, you don't have to walk in darkness. Just follow me. I am with you. You don't have to fear what lurks in the shadows. And the second point is that Jesus is our host. He prepares a table for us. Jesus said in Matthew 8, verse 11, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Through faith in Christ, we have been granted access to no greater table than that of the kingdom of heaven of heaven. There we will be anointed with the oil of God's grace and we will have all that we need. The worries of this world will be no more. Our sin will have been washed away by the blood of Jesus and our cup will overflow with God's love. With Jesus as our host, we can say with assurance that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and we shall live in the house of the Lord forever. So as you read Psalm 23, you may not be able to help but be reminded of death or a funeral of a loved one, but I hope today you've been reminded that there is so much more here. Again, think, think of the circumstances that David was facing, yet this was his song to God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know what the greatest word in this verse is my 
The Lord is my shepherd. He knows me. He cares for me. He disciplines me because he loves me. He prepares a table for me. He is my shepherd if I have saving faith in Jesus Christ. What I hope is that for everyone in here today, Psalm 23 is the cry of your heart. I want us to have the same perspective as David, to see God as our shepherd leading us, providing for our needs, restoring our souls, and leading us through the valley. I pray that you're able to recognize what God has done or is doing currently in your life. One of the things that we do to remember what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ, is to celebrate communion. And communion is a time for us to reflect on God's mercy. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 through 29, it says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, He broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, you will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. We'll celebrate at this table today for what Christ has done for us, but this is merely a shadow of what waits for us at the table Christ has prepared for us in heaven. And as we prepare our hearts now to come to the table for communion, we're going to play a version of Psalm 23 that was originally that was done by put to music by Shane and Shane. Um, and as it plays, I want us to take some time to pray. I want you in your seats to take some time and pray. And in this time of prayer, I want you to think about some of the valleys that God has led you through. Some of you have been in some dark valleys. How has God led you through those? How has He provided for you in those times? Maybe you're in that time now. And spend this time thanking Him for those times. When you're ready Come up and take communion. Take it back to your seat with you and receive it there. Remembering that this table is reserved for those that have placed their faith in Christ. If you've not placed your faith in Christ, we would ask that you refrain from coming to the table. Instead, I hope you would recognize that you are currently in a dark valley. In need of a shepherd. Let him lead you down the path of righteousness today. So let me pray for us now. And then I want you to spend some time in prayer while the song plays. Take communion. And then the worship team will lead us in a final song of praise. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for, for your word, Lord. We thank you that you are the good shepherd, Lord. Help us to recognize that today, Lord. What more could we want? What else could satisfy us, Lord? but to know that you are the good shepherd. To know that you're providing for us. To know that you care for us. That you love us. And the greatest demonstration of that love is 
what you've done through your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. So help us to recognize that today. Lord, be our, be our shepherd. Lead us down paths of righteousness, Lord, not for our glory, but for yours. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.